The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have Judge Don Ashon, good friend for many years. And um, you know, Don, uh, you you retired, but you didn't retire, and but you stayed in the same line of work. Correct. I I, I retired, and then I started back, and now I'm retiring again. And um, it, it it's a strange world. I mean, you and I ha- have been through some strange times in our lives Correct. if we've lived long enough. But uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything that would even come close to, to today's world. Yeah, I, I worry about it some, but uh, as I told you, I re- read this book by John Meacham, and he goes through about yeah. five series in America where we had upheavals like this. And so I think what you told me earlier, that happens in democracy. Yeah. And so uh, you, know, you hope that we as a country can come together or find some common ground and... You know, maybe there's somebody out there that can help us help us get there. I hope, hope there is. But I'm I'm optimistic. For me, I was thinking about last night coming on your show. You know, I was born in Lebanon. I'm sorry, born in South Dakota, but raised in Lebanon by a widow. We didn't have, if they would have had welfare, we would have been on welfare. Because uh-huh. my dad had gotten killed. And so all we got was uh, Social Security because she was a surviving spouse. He was only about 250 a month. And I don't know how... She went back. She went to college and got her teaching degree over here at MTSU. But how many peop, people can be born in a country, basically into poverty, and get to be a judge <laughs> and get to do what? This and day? you have really done well. Yeah, but, I have been proud of you the whole time that you've been in. But I'm I'm proud to be an American, and I think America has given me this opportunity, and our yeah. country has given me this opportunity, and so. No matter the struggles, I think a lot of times if you look at the struggles going on, you get almost overwhelmed by just so much information and so much stuff. And when I feel myself getting into that, I try to step back and focus on me and my family and my friends and things I can influence. And for me, when I feel overwhelmed like that, I try to go out and do something for somebody else. And when I do that, it kind of grounds me, kind of brings me back to where I'm where I'm supposed to be. Well, I, I can tell you one thing that'll ground you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Deep down in the ground. Court TV. Yes, terrible. Isn't it? <laughs> I, how in the world could we get ourselves in that type of situation? I don't know. I, I, it, it, everybody's a judge. We've got 300 million judges in this country. It's and most, amazing. 
And most of them aren't judges. Most of them are just TV personalities. Yeah, yeah. They have their own opinion about it. And, and you know, the funny thing about it is, some, or the difficult thing is, so many people come to court and think that's the way court is. Yeah. And they're look, they're coming to court to hoping that I will chew out their spouse for being just a dog. Yeah. <laughs> or chew somebody out or call somebody a name or something like that. And that's just the furthest thing from from reality. But but uh, people want quick entertainment. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's really what the... Turning turn the legal system into entertainment <laughs> is correct. going way beyond. The it is. It is. And, and uh, I, I sit there and watch it and... and they're making the decisions, all the people that are sitting there and watching it, and the poor judge, good gosh. I, I can't imagine. Is that a proper way of uh, going through our freedoms as far as we all know that the courtroom uh, is the way that it's it's the leveler, as people used to say. Yeah, and, and that, that that's was exactly real, right. That was the real justice. Exactly. Uh, how can you have it when you have all those lights on you and you have reporters uh, second guessing everything you do? Well, the times that I've had, uh, I've had about four or five times when court TV's been in my courtroom, and uh, and to be honest with you, I run pretty strict little show there so you they would have to they would have to meet with me before they'd have to tell me where their cameras where their camera and let them have more than one their one camera was going to be they couldn't be taking it down stuff like that they couldn't take pictures of the jury and after a while once you get started on it uh, you really don't notice that they're there the problem is like i said people see this on tv and judges we have canons of ethics there's about 10 of them. And it talks about what you can do on the bench and what you cannot do. These jokers violate every one of those 10 cannons every time they're on TV. Yeah. Every time. And and I think it dishonors it dishonors my profession. Uh, and I I mean I don't I don't like it at all. But I can't can't do anything about it. All I can do is just uh, I've had so many people that have done jury trials with me say I had no idea this is the way the court system worked because yeah. all I'd all I'd seen was on TV, and I didn't realize how detailed it was and you know how organized it was and how it kept moving and stuff like, stuff like that. Does it enter the, the uh, defense attorneys and, and and the prosecuting attorneys? Does it bother the way they do business? That's a good question. I think a lot of it depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. uh, some some lawyers. Not being disrespectful, I'm a lawyer too. Some lawyers play to the camera, uh, and so that's bad. Yeah. But really, I think you as a judge can shut that down mm -hmm. uh, by having by having requirements about conduct and how we talk, and we don't yell, we don't scream, we don't bang on the desk, and all that stuff. And I found that once once you do that one time, if an attorney acts inappropriately. I wouldn't embarrass them in court. I'd ask them to come to my chambers, and I'd say, you're not going to act that way in my court anymore. And yeah. so if you do, there's going to be a punishment, and I don't want that to happen. So stop it. And any time I had that meeting, afterwards, completely changed. But the judge is the one who has to set the tone for the courtroom. Mm -hmm. 
just like a sheriff sets the tone for the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a really important job. And a lot of times you don't think of that as being an important job, but it really, really is. Because once you set that tone, it applies to everybody in the everybody in there, to inmates, to to lawyers, to visitors, to every everybody. You know, uh, I've had people, many, many guests on my shows, and just wonderful people. And uh, when they first come on, you weren't that way because you were in the headlines and everything else and all that. <laughs> but once they put the, uh, the the mic in front of them, it, 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 it kind of uh, overcomes them. It does. Initially. It does. And I have watched, I remember, and you probably do too, when the uh, county commissioners first started having television there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It'd go from a 30-minute meeting to a three-hour meeting because everybody would be looking. And, and, and they were playing up to the camera. And they all wanted to say something. Yeah, they all wanted to say something. So, to me, having uh, uh, a camera and a mic for all of these reporters and, and things like that, it, it it upsets the 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 way that people are going to relate to each other, and uh, I would I don't think they allow cameras in federal court. They do not. Which um, is there a way that we could get back to norm, uh, a normal type environment without having to have these. Um, I have words for them, but I can't say them on television. Uh, it, 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 it's it's like they want to pass off the way that they look at things instead of the way uh, the court proceedings should uh, continue. Well, they have to sell ads, so they're going to say yeah. anything they can to to promote. I think they're all losing money, which is a whoopee. That's all right. right. Okay. That's right. But yeah. You know, I, I'd lot rather, I know I've had it happen here before, I'd lot rather them do gavel-to-gavel coverage instead of pull out a clip okay. and say this is what court was. Yeah. Because if you're if it's there all day long, uh, for example, if you watch the O.J. Simpson trial, and I I think I've met... That's Judge, the first one I, 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 I had ever I, seen. I think I met Judge Aido one time, but that was a terrible trial. They did not do yeah. a good, and it falls on him. Yeah. And I'm not being disrespectful. I think he's, he has an ex- excellent reputation. But it's what you said. If you'd never been in that before and never had the television cameras in there before or the mic in front of your face, it's a it's a challenge to adjust to it. Yeah. And once you start reacting to the camera or whatever, that's, then you kind of lose the whole, whole proceeding. Because it's not a television show. We have special rules. They're supposed to go A, B, C, D. Uh, but I got comfort from that, to be honest. I knew what ABCD was, mm-hmm. and so that's what we followed. <laughs> and so there wasn't a, there wasn't a, well, let's go off on this tangent, or, or he can stand up and yell at the other side and all that. We just didn't, just didn't do that. You uh, go back to when uh, Judge Buckner was a judge. Yeah, I love Judge Buckner. Oh, I did too. And, and he, he followed uh, not only the law, but when people would react kind of funny in his courtroom, he would make a note of it and fire back up. I, I remember, uh, of course, we, we know one of the judges has gone through a, a little bit of um, 
uh, anxiety, I'm sure, sure she has. And But Judge Buckner was one of these people. Those things didn't bother him, but we didn't have any outside sources interfering with, with what was going on in the courtroom. But back in those days, things were a little bit looser, weren't they, in the courtroom? They and, were. They were. Well, Judge Buckner, you know, if you think about who the judges were back then, the ones that were the scariest ones to me were Judge Buckner and Judge and Chancellor Stegall. Oh, those, yeah. Those two guys scared me as a young lawyer. I was scared of them. But Judge Buckner was always very nice to me, and I yeah. appreciated that. But, oh, I love him. But, for example, Judge Buckner, very rarely would anybody plea, let people plea in general sessions court, mm -hmm. which he should have, to be honest, but that was, yeah. his, that was his position, which he has the right to have that position. Well, because he did that, we had so many indictments that created uh, our numbers, created a new judgeship. That's me. <laughs> if it weren't for Judge Buckner, they would never create a new judgeship. And then the next time, the two years later, because Judge Buckner was still there and kept buying the cases over, mm -hmm. Royce Taylor, they created a new judgeship for Royce Taylor. So, yeah. so things like that. And you're right; it's looser, uh, and people didn't really didn't really make a difference. That's just what that's just the way it operated. But we've been very fortunate here. Uh, the quality of judges that we've had since I've been here. Uh, mm -hmm. Judge Buckner, Judge Lyer, or Judge Buckner and Judge Clayton. Then Judge Clayton went to the circuit bench. Whitney Stigall, Steve Daniels, and then uh, Mark Rogers, David Bragg, Royce Taylor, um, and the ones you've got now. You know, it's so fun for me to go up there, and they're very nice to me. They, they invite me to come, even though I'm the old guy. They invite me to come up there for stuff. But to be around Judge Tidwell and Judge Turner and Judge Atwood and Judge Scarlett and Chancellor Wilson and Judge Rogers, uh, mm -hmm. who's old like me, uh, they are really good people and really study hard and want to do the right thing. So I feel very com confident of, uh, of of our judiciary and proud of our proud of our judiciary and our general sessions judges too. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I think I came through in a time that we had probably the best uh, legal system in the state of Tennessee simply because of the, of the individuals that were elected to those offices. No question. And uh, I, th I think about how you controlled your courtroom and how uh, Guy Dodson, Bill Weitzel would present their cases. And, we, of course, we had a lot of uh, defense attorneys during those times that were very well qualified uh, but when you're competing against top level people like Guy and Bill were it, it, it's pretty tough for a person to get their case over Guy told me he, goes, he said the DA and this is typical Guy Dodson he told me the DA has the toughest job he's got to make sure that he does his job that the defense lawyer doesn't mess up and the judge doesn't mess up. So he's responsible for all three. <laughs> he, he actually controlled, to be honest with you, he controlled me because I, I would get so upset over some of the murder cases that we were working and I felt we had enough to bring it uh, and, and, and prosecute it. And uh, he would sit down with me. Now, Truman, you know that we've only got one shot at this. And if we mess up and we don't get it, then we can never do it again. And uh, I remember the Salmon case because I was so uh, 
focused on that case uh, through the years. Had yeah. a, we even had to set up a cold case, a bunch of detectives, to actually finally get through with it and prosecute that case. But uh, I, tried, I, I tried that case. I know. That was my case. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was a tough case. Wasn't oh, my it? gosh. It was so hard. And uh, the lawyer who represented Gilly was a guy named Roger May, who's an excellent, excellent lawyer. Just he was so good. Uh, and there were all kinds of issues. Just you know, about they wanted to bring up where he had abused her in college. And he had. And he had. And but you cannot you cannot use that to show that he did this crime. You could use it to show a pattern, mm -hmm. and then you have to give a limiting instruction, but really a fine narrow little part of the law there and so uh we had all kinds of hearings on that and it's funny when that crime took place the dna wasn't around they didn't have dna no and then as time goes by they developed dna and because at the murder scene the uh, gilly had left his jeans and so they couldn't really tell there were blood stains on it and there was semen on it yeah. but back then they couldn't tell who who it was and so by the science developed then they could and you think about there's no way if Gilly knows that DNA exists on blood he would leave his genes there yeah he left his genes there because there's blood on it. he didn't want to have to deal with it <laughs> but how that how that error caused that in 83 yeah, yeah 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 that's exactly right we didn't try it till gosh 2000 <laughs> I mean it was it was a cold cold case and he had already gone to florida left this area and had another family down there he did and the thing that got him was he he before before this he would not talk to police yeah and then you sent two guys down to florida and he changed his story yeah <laughs> and that changed his story and then with the scientific stuff got him got yeah him. they did a great job oh on, on my that. gosh and and, and 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 Bill, uh, he he worked with the detectives. I think he's a lot more with the detectives than he was in the courtroom. Oh yeah, because yeah. that was such a, a horrible. Uh, uh, I, w I I went there uh, when we were called in with the detectives, and it was um, it was a terrible thing to see. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it bothers you a lot. Uh, law enforcement officers have to see. Them the worst of the worst they do and then they get to see the best of the best when they take that individual who had committed the murder in your courtroom and and that was a great uh, job you did in that courtroom yeah. but i'll never will forget the um, attorney i was going down the elevator i don't know how he and i ended up in an elevator by ourselves but he he was telling me how emotional that trial was for him really yeah and um because if you remember gilly was out on bond yeah and so uh rita and i love rita but and she really doesn't follow much what i do we, i don't talk to her about real estate she didn't talk to me about my job but if it was a big trial like that she always wanted to be, she always wanted to be in there for the verdict and so, ah. so she would call. So she said, hey, "You got to call me when you're getting ready for the verdict." I said, "Okay." So I called her on the Gilly trial, 
And so she comes in the office, and if you remember my courtroom, I had the jury box right there by my door where I come out. She could sit right there, had a little high wall. You could sit right there, and nobody knew that you were there. So that's where Rita (laughs) would come sit when I had a verdict. And so she said, you know, I rode up the elevator with, I go, no, she goes, David Gilly. (laughs) I go, well, it's not going to turn out well today for Mr. Gilly. (laughs) Bless his heart. It, I, I, that was one case I wanted to be have tried and have a conviction on it, probably more than any other case that I can remember. I was going. I was thinking about that last night. What for you? What was the most difficult case or difficult crime that you dealt with in your in your career? It, it ate at me. It really did. I had when I uh, uh, became sheriff. Right after I became sheriff, I had two murder cases. And uh, that one, uh, of course, being a young lady, and, and uh, it, it, we were close. We, we, we pretty much knew in our minds who committed the crime. Yeah. But one of the, he got the, one of the best lawyers in, in, the, in the county, Steve Waldron, who put a Put a, put a fence around him, and we couldn't get to him. And but he you, did his job. He but did you his know, job. Steve would not when he got arrested, and we tried him. They tried to hire Steve. Steve yeah. would not represent him. Right. But I never drive by Sanborn Hall, you know, those apartments over there, because yeah. that's where they were supposed to meet that day to go swimming. Yeah. And that's when he took her out there to the woods. And so I never drive by that Sanborn Hall without thinking about her. Uh, th- those yeah. apartments, but you're yeah. right. It does stay. It does stay with you, and you worry now because I teach for the National Judicial College, and and they have a thing that talks about uh, judicial stress and trauma, mm-hmm. and how seeing some of these things, if you're not careful, or dealing with emotional things that people go through, whether it's a civil case or criminal case, that that can damage you as a judge, and you need to think about your own mental well-being and how to handle these difficult things like all the terrible things you you've seen yeah and so you know when you see terrible things after a while i don't know about you but i got to where i was almost numb to it i'd see like a terrible murder scene and it just go well okay they're dead <laughs> you know it wouldn't it wouldn't impact me and all i would see is the pictures yeah i didn't initially it's harder on you yeah it really is oh yeah and, and i've always thought that defense attorneys who represent um, some of the worst people in the world. Um, You wouldn't want to be by yourself in a room with them unless you had a a weapon (laughs) with you. But I I watched some of the defense attorneys when when they're uh, uh, taking care of their client and all those things, and then uh, I see the crimes and, and the people that were the victims, you might say, and they 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 will fight for that individual as much as you might fight for your own kids. Right. And I sit there and watch it, and the question I've got is: Do you, when you first run uh, into a person who wants you to to defend them in court of law, and they see and hear all about the crime and and you see the type of person that you would be defending. Do many attorneys ever turn them down 
because of the emotional impact of that particular yeah, case. I, I, when I was a lawyer, I turned down a couple of child rape cases because I just couldn't deal with it. Yeah. Uh, but overall, the great thing about our system is uh, a, a defense attorney's job is to make the state or the government prove their case. Yeah. And if you don't have that, then the government runs amok. <laughs> They'll run over everybody. Yeah. And so... And, and the thing I like about it is, is that the innocent man gets the same representation as the guilty man. The yeah. state still has to prove their case. And the state really has an advantage because most time, if you think about it, if you go to have a jury trial and there's a, a, a defendant over there and a defense lawyer, that jury's sitting there going, well, that guy did something. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't be sitting over here. You know, this is, uh, yeah. and, and so, uh, and, and, I struggle with that. Uh, ben Hall McFarlane and I, uh, we talked about that. He got a couple of cases like that. Uh, he got an ugly rape case. And Brenda told him, I don't want you to do that. And yeah. he, he said, my job. And he got appointed. He didn't get hired. He got appointed. That's before he had a public defender. And so, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard job. But so few cases go to trial. I mean, really, probably 90, 95% of them are all settled mm -hmm. for something uh, I mean, you and I, we remember the trials, yeah. but most of them are settled. And so lawyers basically become negotiators about they're going to prison for some time period. Yeah. It just depends on depends on how long. I was going to ask you something. How, how did you get to be sheriff? Who was the – somebody had to say, Truman, I think you should be sheriff or at least plowed the field for you. How, how, did, how did that happen? It's fate and in a bad situation, too, because – uh, you remember uh, Sheriff Craig Snell. Right, he died. He, he passed away uh, in, I think, the last of August of 83. That's right. And, and then uh, the uh, chief deputy w would step into that position, and then the you, uh, county were you, commission. Were you the chief deputy then? Yes. So how did you get to be the chief deputy? I'm uh, sure it went on your looks. Well, well. <laughs> Craig made me chief deputy. You know, he made a bad mistake putting me in that position. You know how that is. I was not really uh, contemplating or I hadn't. That goal was never in my mind. Really? Yeah. It's just the way things happen. I ended up there because Craig had died and the, uh, the county commissioners um, voted. I guess they didn't have anybody else available, so they voted me in there. And that was it. Uh but um, the next election, it, I, I, I was blessed. But I tell you what, I would have never been sheriff if it hadn't been for my dear wife Jackie. She supported me the whole time because that's a twenty-four hour a day job every day, and she supported me, took care of everything, and um, best wife a man could ever have. Of course, you would argue with me about that, but 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 Jackie was. Was my uh, it, lady? You know, I think that I think that's very interesting because I think that's true. I think people like you and I who do public service, yes, pe they, the general public out there does not understand the sacrifice that your spouse makes, right, for you to go do your Just job. Just like a, 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 a somebody in the military would go overseas exactly. and in a wartime or whatever, exactly. then uh, uh, exactly. they're done. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with Judge Don Ash. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. 
on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. My name is Mary Edith Martin McFarland, and I love Adam's Place for many reasons. And the most important thing to me is the people. It has a whole wealth of lovely, loving, caring people. The people that live here and the people that work here. And they're very gracious. And that's why Adam's Place is wonderful for me. I feel safe and I love Adam's Place. Steered Straight now has two thrift stores, 845 Middle Tennessee Boulevard and 903 Mercury Boulevard. We opened up a second store, 903 Mercury Boulevard, which is going to be renamed Martin Luther King Boulevard. And it's furniture and thrift store, too. So now we have two stores. Michael DeLeon with Steered Straight Thrift Stores. We have an antique and collectible room. A guy came in yesterday said we had a statue down there from 1964 of Charlie Chaplin. said, I've been looking for this statue for like 20 years. 845 Middle Tennessee Boulevard and 903 Mercury Boulevard. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hey, fellas, need an annual exam for work or just want to start the year prioritizing your health? Then I recommend Low T Center to get your complete health assessment where they check all your levels. It's typically completely covered by most health insurance, and if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 to get full labs and an office visit with their provider. Low T Center specializes in men's health making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. If you want to get some barbecue, i tell you how to do it. Head for the Slick Pig and you're into it. Just walk through the door and your nose will send a message right to your brain. Say, mmm, smells good. And barbecue. Slick Pig. We got ribs and beans. Got spicy wings. Slick pig. 1920 East Main in Murfreesboro, 1303 Plaza Drive in Smart. It's the best. Need a break from the sound bites and the talking heads? Do you want information you can actually use? Information that'll change your life for the better? Then listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will show you how to retire in two to five years. Your age doesn't matter. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Tennessee Republican lawmakers filed legislation last week to increase liability protection for officers in pursuit of a fleeing suspect. House Bill 2605 says law enforcement personnel and their agency would not be liable for injuries to a third party caused by a suspect who flees from authorities, quote, unless the law enforcement personnel were grossly negligent, and that gross negligence was approximate cause of the injuries. Rutherford County Schools will once again offer free accelerated learning camps this summer. For students in grades K through 8 and high school credit recovery and traditional summer school will also be available. 
School district is using federal funding through the Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief Fund to offer the summer programming. Flags over the Tennessee State Capitol and in Loudoun County are flying at half-staff. Governor Bill Lee ordered flags to be lowered in honor of Loudoun County Sergeant Chris Jenkins, who was killed on the line of duty while cleaning debris from I-75 last Thursday. His memorial service was held Wednesday at Loudoun High School. Many people have thought about the electric vehicle route when buying a new car, but is it the right direction for you and your daily commute? Amy Byers with Middle Tennessee Electric says... We have a team that really has studied the EVs we have. Sometimes it's good to talk to somebody that's not trying to sell you anything. That's where you're going to get some good answers and some good guidance. And that's what we're here for. We're here to be your advocate as you navigate this electric vehicle landscape because everything's changing so quickly. During the upcoming Earth Day celebration, Saturday, April 23rd from 10 to 2, experts will be on hand to answer some of your electric vehicle questions. News on demand at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. The Good Neighbor Network, on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's most trusted source for local news. Love is in the air, and the winner of the Main Street Couples Scavenger Hunt is going to love their downtown gift basket. Follow the six clues to downtown businesses with your special someone, and you could win. Starting clue. Sometimes you can't see this for the trees. Hopefully something will strike a chord. Find the heart with your next clue at this business downtown and collect all six locations in the scavenger hunt. Follow Main Street Murfreesboro on Facebook and Instagram to participate for a chance to win. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the upper 50s. West winds are on 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear and a low near 35. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 30. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. On FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. <laughs> and welcome back with Judge Don Ash. You know, when you and I get together, it's not often that we get to talk about business. And uh, we've always pretty much stayed away from that except when we get on the air that's true (laughs) it changes the air of everything doesn't it It we're just just like television i mean everything goes at a different level um when uh you were having cases come before you um have you ever felt uneasy was nah, this, this is a bad question, I know. But have you ever felt uneasy with certain attorneys that would come before you presenting their cases? I remember one case that was in, um, oh gosh, one of the early judges. I was trying to think of his name. 
he would get more emotional than some of the other judges. I, right. I'm having a hard time with it. But he had a couple of attorneys that would come before him. He would be angry <laughs> before they came before in they the room. <laughs> but um, well, that's best I didn't remember his name anyway. Yeah, but I, I really did. I tell you what, Trent, I think that's, that's one thing that bothers me to this day is that I think some members of the bar thought that I was too harsh or, or, you know, something not kind. And I never yelled at anybody in court. I, yeah. I never raised my voice in court. And so uh, it bothers me that some people have that perception because I, I don't want that to be my perception. Of, yeah. I don't want to be that I don't person. ever remember you doing that. But, but Lord, like, judges and lawyers are just people. So there's some lawyers that you look forward to seeing because mm -hmm. you know they're always going to be prepared. And there are other lawyers you look at and you go, well, historically, they've not been prepared when they've come in here. Yeah. And so you're kind of wary of that. But I, I never, had a, never had a lawyer that I was just mad at and angry with and didn't like and punish them when they came in there because really that's not the way the system's supposed to work. And, and to be honest, even if they were mad at me or angry with me or didn't like me, they were really not supposed to punish me either. And, yeah. and I expect, uh, like deputy sheriffs and the sheriff, I expect a certain professionalism with attorneys. Yeah. Sometimes I was disappointed with that because I saw a lack of professionalism because uh, it's an important job. If you're representing somebody, either the state or some criminally accused person, that's a pretty big, pretty big job. And so you need to be professional in there and work hard and do your best. But I learned, still learning, uh, nobody cares about the job as much as I do. And if I try to put that on other people, then I'm going to be disappointed all the time. <laughs> and I know how much you cared about your job. Yeah. And to think that every one of your deputies cares about that job as much as you do is unrealistic. A lot of them, it's just their job. It's not their, it's not their calling. And so there's a different, there's a difference. There. Yeah. And so for me, uh, I just expected a lot of people when they came, when they came in there, expect them to do their job, be professional, move on, go do something more fun. Some, some uh, attorneys were kind of comical though. Yes. Um, they would um, put on a show uh, and um, it, was, it wasn't like watching some of them that are on TV now. It was just that they would ask you the same question 500 times it seemed. I got so tired of, of them trying to trick us or whatever. But when he couldn't get what he wanted, one particular attorney, he would put his head down on the table and roll it back and forth. And I was sitting there. I couldn't help but laugh. I mean, it, it was just impossible. I mean, you, yeah. you couldn't control yourself when, when this particular attorney would start that. And, uh, and he was a friend of mine. I, I, in fact, I had a lot of friends that were attorneys except when I tried to, to move the jail over on uh, 231 South when they, they were giving us land. Right. And I don't know if you remember, but they called me over there, I do. the attorneys, and I they do. were very angry with me because most of them had bought uh, offices right there off of the square. Well, you wanted to move the courthouse out there next to the jail. Of course. That's what you wanted to do. 
And so that was not well but, received. But that was that was when we were going to build the jail and the courthouse exactly. and everything out exactly. that way. Exactly. Which was saving the county a lot of money, and they were accusing me of costing them money. And I was like, well, they'd all spent money on fancy offices on the square, so yeah. they would have to drive over the court over to the courthouse. Yeah. Of course, now the courthouse is now uh, our new judicial building, which is spectacular. By the way, it's just it is. It's just so nice, and the security is so good, and, and the security guys from the sheriff's department are just the best guys and girls. They do a there. good job. They really there. do. They really do a fantastic job. Yeah, I just I'm really proud of that building to go go over there. Now, did you ever have an opportunity to visit the old jail at the corner right there, at 400 West Main Street? Your jail? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now you <laughs> was it there for entertainment purposes, or or or? Uh, were were you there to to see prisoners? Because a lot of people would come in there. It was a social event. It was. Well, people walked, can't even imagine that. You walked in the door uh, to the left was some guy that you saw, and you'd tell him what you wanted. Mm -hmm. Then to the right was the kitchen, and so there was always people in there cooking something. Cabbage, so, good and so, cabbage. And so you'd wander in there, and then you'd try to find. I never could figure out where y'all's offices were. Y'all were just kind of all over, all over the place. But on the second floor was the jail cells. Yeah. And so I, this is before they had the public defender, and they would take young attorneys like me. You'd sign up for one month a year, and you'd go up there, and you'd go down the rows and assign attorneys. And so I did that, gosh, a lot of, a lot of times. But I had one fellow up there, and uh, I'd represented him, got him a good deal, pled guilty, and so... He, doesn't have, he runs out of money, can't pay me anymore. So I said, why don't you just come to my house every Saturday and we'll work in the yard. So he does that for about four Saturdays. And then his mother called me and said, Johnny's been arrested again. I go, for what? She said, uh, burglary, uh, five burglaries. So I go down to your jail. Did you go the, check your silverware and everything? Yeah. Well, that's what. I go to your jail, go up to the second floor, talking to him. I go, Johnny, five burglaries? I go, Can, let me just ask you this. You were at my house. I was gone most of the time. Why didn't you steal anything from me? He goes, man, I'd never steal from my lawyer. <laughs> so at least he had some he had some honor among him that he wouldn't steal from me. <laughs> but it was such a simple place. And, and uh, I remember one of our officers uh, went up and a prisoner got a hold of him and beat him up. Oh, my gosh. And... and uh, we 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 uh, thought, well, something's wrong. He's been up there a long time, and so there's only one uh, group of steps that would go up there. Yep. And uh, just so happened that Judge Buckner came in, so we went up and got him, and took him down to to uh, get warrants on him, and uh, Judge Buckner happened to be there, and I I think that he. Uh, I can't remember exactly what Judge Buckner said to him, but he didn't know he was a judge. He just somebody, and he was aggravated with him because he was in his way when we were pulling him down the steps. <laughs> and he had to go before Judge Buckner. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he was up there telling all kinds of stories of what happened, and he didn't remember the, Judge Buckner when he was sitting there. And uh, he said, some fat old man got in my way when I was going down the steps. <laughs> Judge Butler, you know how he'd take his glasses oh, off yeah. and look at him. He said, I happen to be that fat old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, see, when I first came to town uh, in 1980, everybody was in the old courthouse. Yeah. And so you walked in there, and the fellow that was blind. Yeah, Aubrey can- Weatherly. Had the candy thing. Yeah. And that was the most amazing. He was the most amazing man. I'd go buy like a Coke and a Snickers and give him a five. Mm-hmm. And he somehow knew it was a five and would give me the correct. But he swore back. to me he couldn't do that. He swore to me. <laughs> oh, he, he did it. Do about, oh, he did, yeah. He yeah. did it. He, he was an amazing man. <laughs> and then you'd go up to the second floor, and that's where they had the uh, uh, circuit court clerk's office. And uh, Bob Suddeth was up there. There was kind of over in the corner. Yeah. Then they had the courtroom. Uh, Clayton's courtroom yeah. was in there. And then I think across the hall was the DA's office. Yeah. Uh, and they had the DA. It was funny. Ms. Martindale was a secretary. She was the secretary for the DA and the and, judge. And the judge. <laughs> I mean, where else could you? <laughs> and then you walk down the corner, and on the very left-hand side, in a small courtroom was uh, Chancellor Stegall's courtroom, mm-hmm. and his office was right to the to the side of it. And then I think Judge Buckner was upstairs, and it Judge was. Clayton, yeah. both, both them were upstairs. And I think the Redshirt Deeds was over there, somewhere on one of those floors. I don't remember uh, Homer Jones. Yeah, just about a, everything was there. Everything. Was there. And you talk a good man. Yeah, that, that's one thing I remember as a young lawyer coming here. Everybody was just so kind to me. Homer Jones, Bob Sutterth. Uh, I'd go up there and check titles, and they'd be just couldn't couldn't be nicer. I, it know. was a big family. Yeah, it was a big family in Murfreesboro. That I tell people all the time that are moving here uh, for the first time. I said the great thing about Murfreesboro is this community will let you be as involved as you will be involved. Yeah, uh, you will not be ostracized because you're from a different place. If you want to come here and you're a giving person and care about people and want to be involved, they 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 invite you invite you in and so that's a great thing about about our community running for office was easy back then because you oh yes it was and we knew we knew everybody in the county and and and, and there were people in each section of the county there were that you would go talk to you'd go and and then they would pass it on they would pass it on you'd go kiss the ring that's yeah that's basically what it was but but it was uh it was it was a very special place i really miss it uh but thank goodness we've got good people moving into our community right now we do and and it's making a, a big difference i never wanted to see it change but I, I have been so blessed to f- see so many new people come in that have added uh, special things to our community that makes it better. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think I tell people all the time about Murfreesboro and about the Christie Houston Foundation yes. that helped us fund the Boys and Girls Club and Special Kids and Salvation Army and the hospital and all this other stuff. You know, we're just so fortunate to live in a community with good leaders. Was Bob Mifflin over it at that time? He was. He was. Yeah. But uh, he's a great guy. Oh my gosh! And his bride. Yeah. They're just fine, fine, fine people. That's the good. Like I said, uh, my friend Blake Tidwell passed away. Gosh, probably. I guess three. It had been long ago. Yeah, three or four months ago. Yeah. And, and they had like a little thing for him, uh, just as friends have dinner. So mm-hmm. I got there and they're all stand up talking about. It. So and I stood up. I said. Uh, and they're they're all a little bit older than I am. And I stood up and I said, you know, looking around this room, I'm friends with everybody in this room. Wow. I said, the reason I'm friends with everybody in this room is because of Blake Tidwell. 
because yeah. he took me in and introduced me to all y'all, and he was my friend, and I became y'all's friend. That's really, I think, as people, that's what we should try to be is that kind of person who has an impact on widening somebody's circle where they can be more involved and help others and stuff like that. And Blake was just that. Blake was just that kind of guy. He really was. You were one of uh, the friendliest people that I've ever met because I was out there cutting my yard, and, and uh, you just happened to see me, and you stopped by, and we sat on the front porch, and we probably talked for a couple of hours, and and we could talk about just about anything, and that that was kind of neat. Well, I t- I tell you what, Sheriff, for me, for me. For the sheriff of Rutherford County to even talk to me, I mean, the sheriff can be pretty intimidating. I mean, I'm a young lawyer out there campaigning for the state house of representatives, uh, going door to door, and I see the high sheriff out there. And for you to take time uh, to talk to me and and treat me with respect, I think that's one thing I've I tried to take from you and others with young lawyers and people in this community. I always try to take time to speak to people and and listen to them and try to be kind to them because I think people in authority like you certainly at that time can really impact uh, you know make us make younger people reach for more think that you know what if this guy talks to me or Bob Mifflin talks to me or Blake Tidwell or Ernest Burgess or you know there's a whole list of, of people from this community uh, Homer Jones all those people. Uh, y'all, all of y'all have impacted me and gave me the confidence to say, "Okay, I can do this. I'm part of the community. I can go out there and run. I can go out there and run for judge. <laughs> so let's go do it." So I, I'm, I will always be thankful for that day when I was out knocking doors and saw you working. <laughs> you were out there mowing the yard. <laughs> but but it's just like you got to be yourself and you got to have fun. You got to have a sense of humor to be in, in in this county to to really get along with people. I remember when Judge Clayton, you know, he was a heavy cigar smoker. Oh yes, yes he was. <laughs> and, and and over over at the uh, old courthouse, I remember that he uh, was coming in, and there was a sign up there, no smoking, in in uh, uh, Beth Thompson. Yes, saw him. And she was getting into the elevator, and she said, um, you can't smoke in here, Judge. And he says, well, I, I, I'm just going upstairs to my office. And, and, and uh, she said, Judge, I said, there's no smoking in there. You're not going up that elevator with me. Now, can you imagine anybody telling a circuit judge that he can't do anything inside the courtroom? I could sit Beth Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> She was always, and you know what? It, it, I tell you where it was. It was in the new building, because I I was there because the registered deeds were on the fifth floor, and, oh, so, okay. and so they went. So she went and talked to the mayor, whoever, and they stopped. He could only smoke in his office, and they put a special fan in there just for just for him, and so he could he couldn't smoke in the elevator, couldn't smoke anywhere else, but he could smoke in his smoke in his office but yeah he always had, always had those cigars he was really a good a good man and his wife betty uh, oh yeah i remember them at she the was moose. a smotherman yeah yeah I, I remember him at the moose club uh rita's parents uh ruth joy and harvey were members of the moose club and so we'd go out there with them some and judge clayton would always get up 
and sing. I can't remember what it, the song was he liked. It wasn't Folsom Prison Blues or something. It was a Johnny Cash song, I yeah. think. He would always get up there and, and could sing. Had he could great, sing. Had a, great, had a great voice. Well, now, the legal secretaries would make us go up and put on a show. You remember that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Now, I believe you and, and David Laurie and somebody else, there was four of us that had to get up there and sing. That's right. One was Rocky Top, and I can't remember what some of the others were. Yeah, it was so We were great entertainers. I, I really thought that. It was so funny. I remember God. when I first came here, the legal secretaries thing was such an important group, and they did a they gave a Boss of a Year award every year. Yeah. And I remember I wanted to win that one day because I wanted to be respected by that group of ladies. And I did. I did. It took me a while, but, but got Boss of the Year when I was a lawyer. I think Sandra Cullen was usually over it. She was she was the boss of the she was the legal secretary of the year that year that I was boss of the year. I haven't seen her in a long time. She's still around. She she had a surgery and uh, she still doesn't have any feeling in her uh, hand and in her arm. She's had a hard time with that. Sandra's such a great lady. She is so smart. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. She, she was a UT graduate. Yeah. In fact, uh, she was one of the uh, baton twirlers that when really? they would come out on the football know. field. Oh I did yeah. I know that. Oh gosh, she was great. In fact, uh, I think we had mentioned one of her buddies earlier in the show, but uh, not going to go that direction. You know, Tommy Bragg was in the band at UT. You're kidding. No. What did Tommy do? What did I can't remember? I can't he remember. probably played some kind of. I don't remember what it, I don't remember what instrument he was. Trombone or whatever they remember, played. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, he talks about being in the band and going to the bowl games and stuff like that. You know, I, well, I, Russ Pulley. You remember Russ Pulley, yeah. FBI? He and I were of course big buddies for years. But anyway, uh, we went to see the Notre Dame UT game. Wow. And. Uh, we were all sitting there. Of course, we wouldn't let him sit with us. He was a uh, uh, Notre Dame fan, so he was away from us. But anyway, do you remember when they came out there uh, and the guys, I don't think they had female cheerleaders. The guys would be out there in their kilts and all of that. And uh, you know how UT fans are. They're, they're, they're different. But anyway, we saw them come out, and uh, they started – prancing down the field and of course everybody started whistling that oh, no. <laughs> oh. so that was that at notre dame no, this one was here in, in, in knoxville we lost when kelly threw an interception in the end zone but the guy that he should have thrown to was wide open everybody was hollering but uh, next year we came back and i was listening to it on the radio when they were at notre dame and the announcers for Notre Dame were calling it, and I was listening to them, and they said, UT doesn't even belong on the same field with it. I think they were ahead by about three touchdowns before <laughs> halftime, and we came back and won. Oh, what a great game that was. Yeah, I went. I got to go to when UT won the national championship Ooh. in 19 – when was it 98 whenever that was. Yeah. But, but yeah. I was out at the Judicial 98. College teaching yeah. and caught a plane – to Phoenix or somewhere, went to the game, wow. had to be the, back the next day, got on a plane and flew back. Yeah. So it was a fun, fun thing. I, I'll never forget it. I love going to, to the bowl games, but I did not get to go to that one. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, only the wealthy and well-to-do people were able <laughs> to go to that, that. one. <laughs> well, well, Sheriff, I want to tell you this. I cannot thank you enough for doing this for 11 years. I, I, as I told you the other day, I think public service, your public service as sheriff was fantastic. And I think this work's been uh, public service work. And once you retire, I'm like you. Uh, Rita doesn't like to go see movies. I like Batman movies and those kind of movies. Rita doesn't like those, so I have to go by myself. So oh. that, I know it's sad. So anytime you want to go out to Premier Six yeah. and get some popcorn, you give me a call, and I'd, I'd be honored to go we'll with you. We'll do that. I'd like to do that. Well, <laughs> you know, I am not the smartest person in the world, as most people know. You're pretty smart. And, <laughs> and, and when I was sheriff, I made a lot of enemies, you know. Uh, you can remember cases where people were threatening to kill me and, and uh, trying real hard. But I think I've made more enemies on the radio show than I did as sheriff. I have, I'm one of these people that uh, my mind is loose, and I'm going to say, say what I really feel no matter what happens. And... Uh, uh, I, we all love our country. We love our community here. And, and we all have uh, certain thoughts on how things should be run and sure. what is best for the country and stuff like that. Um, I'm opinionated. And a lot of times what I'm saying may not be exactly right or whatever, but I do love this community. And I want this community to stay at um, the very top level, and I want everybody to enjoy each other. Right. And sometimes uh, we see things kind of stray away from that. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we have enemies. I think we have people that we that disagree with what we think. <laughs> and and I think I think a lot of times if those people, and me too, if I would sit down there and talk with them, and listen to their point of view and they would listen to my point of view and we could just agree to disagree but I think I would become more knowledgeable if I would take time to listen to those different points but of view. But there's one bad thing. Your blood pressure goes sky high. <laughs> that's what you that's what you gotta do. You gotta avoid yeah. the, you gotta avoid the blood pressure going sky. Because that does no good. Yeah. It really does no good to get angry about any of this stuff because really there's absolutely nothing we can do. All we can do is influence our sphere, our sphere of influence. And that's exactly what you've done, not just on the radio, but sheriff and all that. You, the stuff that you have done is amazing. I mean, it's just a, it's a legacy that, that the Truman oh, Jones don't legacy. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going way too far. No. Well, I, I, I want to have a legacy, too. That's what you, I'm sure. You've got a great no, legacy. No. Yes, you do. <laughs> You're not only well-known here in, in Rutherford County and Cannon County, but you're well known across the state of Tennessee because you're trying cases all over the state. Yeah, that's pretty fun. And, and, but the good thing about it is you don't have any knowledge of a lot of the people that are involved. None. It's good. Yeah. I had a sheriff's contest where I had to avoid an election. And so this guy gets up and he goes, well, we'd like to talk about the political ramifications. I go, there are no political ramifications. I don't care. All I'm going to do is just look at the facts and the law. And so that's all my thought. That was a question about being post-certified. Remember hmm. how you used to have to be post-certified? Yeah. I think you still do. Yeah. But that was a question about whether a guy was properly post-certified or not.
Wow. Yeah. Well, I think I remember that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I appreciate the time streaming. You've let me be on your show. I've really enjoyed it, and I uh, value our friendship. I value you very a, much. We got a caller. Really? Yeah. <laughs> caller, welcome aboard with Judge Don Ash. Hey, Terman and Don, this is Zane Cantrell. Hey, it's been a great show for both of you today. We're proud of both of you to be old guys and retiring. Why? That, that's just wonderful. Uh, yeah, we will I'm supposed to be you. dead. <laughs> Truman, we will miss you, but I'm sure you're looking at other things. And uh, Don Ash, I don't know. I don't know about you sometimes, Don Ash. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. <laughs> you better not commit a crime, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's uh, sometimes a crime is just being here. You guys take care. Enjoyed your show today. Thank you, Zane. Thanks, friend. Zane's a good guy. I'm going to have him on, I believe, next week. We're going to be talking about bees. I got to uh, uh, his his granddaughter had a wedding about two months ago, and I got to preside over the wedding. Oh, my. It was the best. I just had, uh, I've known Greg and Fonda forever. Reed and I are dayless, a little girl. We're Daly's godparents, and to get to preside over that wedding with all with Zane and all his family was just. What was he wearing? Zane. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what. Since Zane said that about me, let me get Zane on something. <laughs> so at the end, they have this dance. You know, they have a band or they have a disc jockey. They're playing music. You know, everybody else all was talking. Zane was out there dancing, uh, and had like three or four of these young girls all dancing with him. He had balloons and waving around all that. He's really a pretty good dancer. So next time when you see him, ask him about his dancing ability. And maybe learn that from being around bees. I and can't then, even see. I can't even imagine that. Oh, yeah. I wish I hadn't asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good dancer. Yeah. Great show this morning. You, you've you always been an excellent guest. That, that that's, that's made my time for the last 11 years a really a fun situation for well, you've done a, done a great really job is. great job and you will sorely be missed sore is probably the right word <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll see you in the morning at nine you take care Don. thanks friend from nhc's adams place home of premier senior living on memorial boulevard it's the truman show on news radio wgns on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.